0: amen yeah what a great time of worship he's amazing isn't he we serve such an incredible god i love him he's done so much for us have these uh flowers here from my good buddy roger's uh, service we celebrated his life yesterday down in wilcox with the family and uh thank you for all your prayers and support through that time been uh, heavy on my heart the loss of my good friend and um just glad to be with you. I'm so glad for the hope in Jesus. Oh my goodness, man. What an amazing thing. He is so good. You know, um, I was thinking when my son was talking about the, uh, you know, the the jailhouse Christians that there's a lot of church house Christians too. Yeah, seriously. You know, we come to church and we put on our uh, Christian stuff and smile and uh, act like Christians and then we go and live like the world, you know. That's not um, i I'm not, I'm not judging any y'all you know, because I, I haven't been around you, but I'm just saying a lot of people in church are that way, and that's why the world views the church like it does because they don't see us any different than the world, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. We are all to be radiating that light of Christ everywhere we go and anybody we come in contact with because that's what the church is. We've been redeemed. The Lord Jesus Christ has transformed and changed us, right? Not just on Sunday... Sunday is the gathering of the family, the body of Christ. We come together to be encouraged, challenged, convicted, and moved more into the line what God has for us to be Christ-like. And we come together to fellowship and worship. And the assembly of God's family is necessary and called for by God Himself when He instituted worship at the tabernacle in the beginning, then the temple, and then in the church as the body of Christ. And so we assemble together, not just because it's Sunday, not just because it's something we do in our religion, we come together as the body of Christ to be built up, to be lifted up, to be challenged, encouraged, rebuked, whatever God needs to do in our lives, and we do it together so that we might be strengthened to go out into that world and be His church. Amen. 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 All right, so if you... Rate your spirituality on Sunday's experience. Stop it. All right? You're not that. You're Wednesday. Okay? So wherever you are on Wednesday in your spiritual life, that's really who you are. So let's get our Sunday to Wednesday to Friday back to Sunday. It's called being Christ-like and living the faith. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Man, we're so excited that we're opening there in in, uh, Yuma with Pastor Stephen and Michaela. They uh, grew up in the church. You know, Stephen, when we came here, you know, it's crazy. This July 1st, my wife and I and our family will have been here 16 years, and Stephen was uh, just a boy, and he grew up here in the church and became part of our family. And uh, God called them in the ministry. We walked them through that journey of getting ordained in the church and being a pastor. And today they launched their ministry. He was a youth pastor here, young adult. And now they're leading a brand new church that God is birthing there in Yuma. And so, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Love you guys. That's awesome. And of course, you know, we love the Gospel Rescue Mission people. We love you guys uh, so much. Those of you that are here and those out there so good we love seeing you love seeing what god's doing in your life it's amazing please keep your eyes on jesus everybody yes. amen. father we love you so much god we're humbled that you would ever ever care for us that you are the one that tells us just let go i've got you patiently waiting for us to finally move god today we ask you to anoint these lips that we might speak your word we love you in jesus name amen so you've been spending time in God's Word this week? Yes. You know what the Holy Spirit's saying to you? Yes. Spend some time alone with God? Yes. Are you giving to God as He's asked you in your time, your talents, and your resources? Yes. You know, we're rebuilding the team here of... Every ministry level, so please join us. Some of you I, I have to get back with, I understand that, be patient with us, but uh, jump in there because we need everybody that can serve in any capacity in a lot of areas as we rebuild. We're getting ready to um, make some plans to start a second service, but before we can start that second service, we need to make sure we have enough uh, people in place to serve in the capacities that are necessary so that we can do that, all right? Let us look into God's word today, Philippians 2. By the way, next week is baptism. If you have not been baptized or you know God's talking to you about being re-baptized, you can sign up online and in two weeks from today, we'll also be doing baby dedications. Check that on our website. website. Philippians 2. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. <laughs> Work hard at it. Now, you know, there's this theological debate in the church and people and everything. They're like, you know, it's just a gift. It is. Don't misunderstand me or what God's word's saying to us. Like it's not all on God. God's done all for us. But then he calls us into this relationship that puts some responsibility back on me. I have responsibility in this relationship, just like I do with my wife. You know, I had some older guys when I was younger that used to joke around. I hope they were joking. And they said they told their wife they loved them when they got married, and if it ever changed, they'd let them know. You know? Okay. That's not okay, you know, but I'm just saying. It was just like I was trying to make a joke. You know, like, here's the thing. When we say yes to Jesus, we just don't get up and go back and just live like we always have. Something has to change. Prior to my saying I do to my wife... I could have, you know, went and dated someone else, be with someone else, whatever, you know, I don't mean physically, you can't do that, but I'm talking about just be with them. But see, when the moment came that I said yes to my wife at an altar, and she said yes to me, all that changed. See, something in life changes, even though we have free will, that surrender, that moment of yes, that saying I do, also changes the parameters of a relationship. So God is no longer someone out there talking to me or who I know is there. Come on, guys. The devil knows that God is there. Don't tell me you believe in God, but you're not living for him or different as a result. Because the devil's doing that. So you're in good company, but bad company. God wants us to do something about this relationship that requires an effort on my part. So one of the things we do here with marriage in our country is we put this ring on that finger, right? So just to help all of you single people, if someone has a ring on that finger, back off, shut up, don't make comments, don't be anything. They're committed, they're somebody else's. Back off and find who God has for you. Just saying. But that ring is something else. It's so like my wife's down teaching the kids downstairs, so this reminds me yep. I belong to someone. Yep. Hmm. It's a reminder, see? There's something about my relationship with my wife that makes me live a certain way. There's something about my relationship with God that makes me live a certain way. And this is God's Word. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Fear. We've lost the fear of God in the church in the modern day. Come on, seriously, we have. We have lost the fear of God. We are so much pushing forth the gospel of love, which it is a gospel of love, that we forget that the Word of God also says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. God is a righteous God and He has a righteous judgment. Why would He give Himself for us if He didn't? That should show us the extreme cost of what it means to have a relationship with Him. Therefore, God is calling us into this relationship saying, hey, you need to obey me now. You've been serving yourself all this time. That's all over. Now you obey me. Hmm. With deep reverence and fear. It's not a like, threatening kind of thing. It's an awe kind of fear. Like, man, God, I am in relationship with you. The creator of the universe, I hope it's hit you multiple times where you're like, why, God, would you ever want to have a relationship with me? Just that awe factor that God loves me. It's crazy. I'm going to get through this one verse. I will. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Woo-hoo, is that good news? We're not doing it on our own. Oh, I'm so glad. Because, you know, I pretty much screw up everything I try and do on my own. But there's something, doing something inside of me, and God says it's Him. And He's giving me not only the power, but the desire to do what pleases Him. You all know this. When you start to do something wrong, you no longer have the desire to do it. There's this sick feeling that draws you toward that. That's why you run from it. Because God has given us a desire for something so much better. So God is working in our lives, giving us that desire. But not just a desire. It's not just a want to. He says, I'm giving you the power to. That's the Holy Spirit alive in us. So God's power is available inside of us to live this new life of salvation. We're not doing it on our own. Take us from where we lived, self and sin, to a new life living for Him. So, this is the old and the new. I used to be self-serving. Now I'm other-serving. This is what God's called us into. It goes from me to us. From mine to ours. (laughs) From receiving to giving. From fear to faith. From worry to trust. From lust to love. That's the transformation that happens inside of us. When the power of God comes. See, my desires and my will and my life change because God is now at work in me. My brokenness is gone. We let go of those chains. We embrace what He's doing in our lives. And God gives us power to live a new life. Verse 14. Do everything without complaining and arguing. So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. I love God's Word. Straight at us. Right there. There is a call to us from God's Word. Quit your whining. Quit your complaining. Quit your arguing. God is not okay with that stuff. All you got to do is read Exodus and Numbers. And you know God does not like that. But there's been a lot of it happening in the church in recent years. Well, probably forever, but let's be just right here with us. There is no question. The message that God has been giving us, there is a theme. You know this. I'm not re-preaching a message to you. I pray. I seek God. I ask Him what He wants me to say to you. And to me, He speaks it to me. It's not just me telling you. He's, he's like, hey Dave, this is for you. Get it. Let's go. But He's been spurring me and calling me to give the message of change, transformation, and new life. You know this. God is continuously calling us into this. There is different verses, different ways God's bringing it to us, but church, it's the same message every week. It is. See, it's God. God is calling us and saying, look, I want to do a work in you. I want you to embrace me so that you can be changed. The comparative of how we used to live to now how we do live. If there, you know, if you've been walking with Jesus for a while and there's not really a lot of difference in your life, probably need to revisit and start listening better. Because when you walk with God, you are not the same person. He changes you. <laughs> live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining bright lights in a world of crooked and perverse people. It's amazing, isn't it? How I don't want to put anybody on the spot here, but but you're going know, to love that. Isn't that awesome? I'm going to put somebody on the spot. Everybody just got nervous. I am going to put somebody on the spot for the glory of God and the transformation of their life. You know, Rainbow, she sits down here worshiping God. You know... If y'all knew her when she first came to the Gospel Rescue Mission and then she started coming to church here and the things that God has done in her life, that literally if you put the two pictures next to each other, you wouldn't know that you were seeing the same person. Yeah. That's God. You know, now she's started this week serving down there at the Gospel Rescue Mission. And, and uh, it's just, yeah, it's so amazing. God is so good, isn't He? When we embrace Him and His truth... God is an all-powerful, transforming God. Amen. I, I want you to know that so that you that are struggling maybe or you're wondering about it, just go by and talk to Rainbow over here. And yeah, that's her real name. I remember when she put out her visitor's card and I wrote Dawn because it's Rainbow Dawn. And I was like, hey, Dawn. She said, my name's really Rainbow. So that's right. <laughs> like, cool, let's go. <laughs> Philippians 1, let me read some more to you. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. See how straightforward God's Word is? You know, look, you are citizens of heaven. Conduct yourselves like that. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit, one purpose, fighting together for the faith, not fighting together, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but you are going to be saved even by God himself. (laughs) For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for Him. Yes. Yes. Amen. We are in this struggle together. Amen. See, there's been a war that's been raging in our nation that has come forth into the surface of our culture. But it is nothing new. It started several decades ago. And what we are seeing is the evidence of the war that has been transforming our nation. And the war that is going on was targeting something beyond the political realm. It was targeting the family's home. It was targeting men and women. The family unit. The war that was raging was targeting... The truth of God's Word. What it means to live according to God's Word. What it means to be God's Word in the world. You see, church, what has happened is we've allowed the enemy to birth division in the church. We've allowed it. We've divided homes in the church. We've divided homes in the church. We've divided families. We've divided all kinds of things that God intended to unite. The body of Christ is to be united. Jesus' prayer before he went to the cross in John 17, oh God, Father, make them one even as we are one. This Oneness that is birthed in the love of God Himself. And the church itself has divided. We're being called by Almighty God to stand together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. See, we've lost our focus and it's no longer been about Jesus and the good news about salvation, life change, and transformation. We've allowed ourselves to be distracted by other things and churches have begun to focus on stuff instead of the good news of Jesus Christ. When we focus on Jesus Christ, the stuff gets straightened out because the Holy Spirit does the work. Church, we've messed it up. We've allowed ourselves to take our eyes off Jesus and place them on sidebar items. We no longer strongly profess our faith we strongly profess our beliefs our beliefs do not align with scripture they more align with culture see we've allowed the enemy to plant seeds of division in the body of Christ itself when we put our focus on the main thing which is Jesus Christ When we focus on what God says to us, the Holy Spirit does a work in us. God says, I will put the power in you to live a different life. And when you live a different life, God transforms us to see truth. And that truth is Jesus Christ, the good news. See, the unified body, standing for the faith in the faith, will not be intimidated by the enemies. God's Word declares that to us. We have nothing to fear. Nothing. Nothing that comes our way. No matter what happens to us. Stand strong, church. We need to stand united and understand what that united front is. And that is always, and always has been, and always will be Jesus Christ and the good news of the gospel. We cannot allow the fear of the unknown to grip us. Man, there's this fear that has gripped the people in our nation and the world. And it has impacted the church. We have to come together as the body of Christ for a single purpose of knowing Him and helping others get to know Him. We will never argue them into the faith. Come on! We're we're like trying to argue people and debate them into the faith. We think we are, we're not. All we're trying to do is argue them into what we think is right. right. It's Jesus. And you can't argue with people about Jesus. You can't. They can try, but when you're lifting up Jesus, all you're going to do is love them. We're in the struggle together, God's Word says. See, this is much... Um, I'm going to say a couple things here that you just need to hear. I don't know why I emphasize that, but anyway, here we go. You ready? <laughs> this is a lot more than a struggle between democracy and socialism. This is much more of a struggle than what we see between Republican and Democrat. It's much more of a struggle than that, church. It's way deeper than that. We are in a struggle for the soul's of the people who live in this nation. We've always been. That has never changed. But we've allowed those other items to become the focus rather than Jesus. Think about it. See, no matter what, Our children and our grandchildren will never be saved by democracy. I know that hurts. I'm a patriot. I love our flag. I love our nation. But it's not going to save anybody. Only Jesus can do that. And see, we need to like shred that stuff away from us and not allow that to take preeminence over Christ and what he's trying to do. Because you see, God is looking at the eternal picture always. We can't see that. We have glimpses of it through faith and in our flesh we see it, but we're still tangible human beings in this world. And therefore we often allow this world to be the reality. God is not clouded by that. God always sees eternity. And he sees that as our reality. And that's where his focus is. He wants to be with us forever. Not just a moment. Not just on Sunday for a visit. God is looking at being with us forever. And so when God has that perspective, he's trying to lead us into that kind of relationship, vision, and purpose. The only way we can get it is by having our eyes focused on Jesus Christ. We have to get our focus where it needs to be the truth of the good news and then we need to begin to we are given these marching orders hear me right fight for the faith that's That's what god's word says fight for the faith not your social beliefs fight for the faith standing strong because it's all about jesus you can talk about anything else you want to but don't talk about my jesus he's what it's all about when we unite when we yes, amen. when we unify, God's word says there will be a, this is going to be a sign to them. Who are them? Those that oppose Jesus? <laughs> that's got to be the Democrats or the Republicans. No. It's the non-believer. And that's what He's telling us. This is going to be a message. When the body of Christ unites and we stand for the faith and we're focused on Jesus Christ, it's letting them know judgment's coming from Almighty God. This word declares this to us. We have to reunite as a church with a unified focus and purpose. In Hebrews, it tells us, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates our faith. Isn't he awesome? Yeah, man, keeping our eyes on Jesus. It's it's as plain and simple as that. That's what it's all about. You see, this is how we refocus. This is how we unite. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, not self, not others, not politics, not relationships. The main focus and the purpose has to be the good news of the gospel, which is Jesus Christ. Those other things could be intended to with Jesus. Okay, so we don't like unplug from everything out there. We put Jesus first. And then we can attend to those correctly because then we're acting in the spirit of God, not the flesh help us Lord (laughs) so division's gonna come I just want you to know Jesus told us that because we unite in Christ doesn't mean division isn't gonna happen it's gonna happen it's gonna happen because we unite in Christ see there's opposition to who he is but there shouldn't be division in us as the family of God Not just at CFF. I'm talking about churches everywhere that lift up Jesus Christ and are part of the body of Christ. See, there has to be a unity there. But division is coming. Jesus himself told us that he himself would bring division to the world. Luke 12. Again, it's not one of those verses you read in your daily devotionals or encouraging day. I have come to set the world on fire. This is Jesus talking. I have come to set the world on fire and I wish it were already burning. That's cool, isn't it? He's like, man, I'm here to stir stuff up. I want stuff to ignite. I want things happening. He's not okay with lackadaisical. He's like, there needs to be fire happening, stirring, something moving. Jesus said, this is why I came. I have a terrible baptism of suffering out of me. And I am under a heavy burden until it is accomplished. And that was my sin and yours. Do you think I've come to bring peace on the earth? No. I've come to divide people against each other. That's Jesus talking, remember? (laughs) Yep. You won't hear this a lot on the prosperity networks. (laughs) (laughs) he's like look I'm here to stir stuff up I'm here to not make you complacent I'm, I'm here to let you know there's a line that has to be drawn when you draw that line there will be division look at it do you think I come to bring peace to the earth no I have come to divide people against each other from now on families will be split apart three in favor of me and two against or two in favor and three against wait a minute what did he just say What is the dividing mark? Jesus. Nothing else. That's the only division that is allowable is the one over Jesus. Therefore, you cannot compromise Jesus for your family. You can't compromise Jesus for your family. You've got to draw that if you're His... Your family needs to know it. They don't have to like it. They may put you off. There's the line. I stand with Jesus. That's what it says. Father will be divided against son and son against father. Mother, mother against daughter and daughter against mother. And mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. You know where you quoted that from? Micah 7.6. So this was a prophetic word that God spoke through the prophet Micah long before Jesus came Old Testament stuff right there a prophet of God spoke this and he said there's coming a day where that division will happen and Jesus said look it's here I'm it hmm. so when we live and speak the gospel natural division is going to take place There will unless the family's all in for Jesus and then there's great unity but if anybody's not division but I'm not going to go over here to love them across the line. You're not going to do it. Amen. You stand for Jesus and He'll love them to come across the line. Yes. <laughs> Church, I want us to all embrace this reality, understand that the gospel is countercultural. Yep. Yep. The gospel is countercultural. It's gonna cause issues. It's gonna make waves. Because it's the gospel. See, culture embraces the God of this world, which is sin. It's the devil. It's all that. And when we stand for the gospel, we stand counter cultural automatically. Therefore, we do not embrace the things that culture embraces but we don't have to argue with them or debate about it or tell them so we need to lift up Jesus because they can live in their brokenness and be loved into wholeness. That's the word of God. See, we're so busy telling them what's wrong in their life that we don't tell them what they need in their life. They need Jesus. If you think you're going to clean them up or they need to clean themselves up before they come to church, you're messed up. Because you can't clean yourself up. This is God's Word. He says, He gives that power. He gives that ability. We just read the Scriptures, right? That He's the one that transforms us and makes us new. Therefore, nobody can make themselves better for God. You can't. Therefore, we bring them in. Everybody's welcome in this church. I want everybody to know that. You're welcome here. I don't care what kind of lifestyle you live. Come on in. But I also want you to know we're going to preach God's truth. And God's truth should make us uncomfortable anywhere were any of us compromising the gospel. That is why conviction comes. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would bring conviction. If you're uncomfortable in church, you should thank God. Man, He's calling you, He's telling you, you're jacked up. Get this right. Come on. That's what He's telling us. All right, so we should all be uncomfortable together. (laughs) okay so culture is driven by sin the church is driven by Christ they naturally clash remember Jesus said there's the dividing line it's no different than your family it's no different in culture it's no different at your work anywhere you go there's going to be a line you have to draw and it's going to cause you to be in conflict with people (sighs) stop defending yourself stop compromising stuff be Christ there. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're called by God to live as children of God in the world that teaches children to live like the devil. We were that way. You see, these two do not agree. and We can't let them agree. We can't, like, try and... Like, you know, we, we kind of say, try and agree the line a little bit. And, you know, oh, you know, well... Man, everybody... That line, it's like, it's crazy because everybody thinks everybody goes to heaven. Everybody. I I am, I've done over 100 funerals, did one yesterday, thank you Jesus that Roger said yes to him before he left. But Roger didn't go to heaven because he's a good guy and he was a good guy. But he was lost until he said yes to Jesus two days before he went to meet him. I don't care how nice he is. No and how good he was or what he did for people and he did all that stuff he was he was my friend i loved him but he's only in heaven because of Jesus and because he allowed Jesus to come into his heart you see church what we cannot compromise the gospel the gospel doesn't agree with the world there was no other way for us to be okay than for Jesus to give his life If there was any other way, remember when Jesus prayed three times? Father, any other way? Any other way? Any other way? No, did you hear what he just said in that scripture I just read? He said, I am under a heavy burden for what I'm about to do. He was about to take our sins upon himself. It's like, man, this weight is incredible. God says, there's a line. You're on this side or that side. You can't ride that fence. Not everybody's going. We got to live it. See, we can't adjust the gospel to make culture feel comfortable in church. No, Now, I'm not... uh, Please hear me right. I'm not saying like certain churches that have done seeker-sensitive stuff are wrong. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying we cannot... We cannot adjust the gospel to make sinners feel comfortable in their life. Yeah, we cannot adjust the gospel to make Christians comfortable in their life either. (laughs) See, God wants us to be more Christ-like than ever. And that is going to require everybody in this room, everybody online, this guy right here to surrender something more. Because we haven't arrived we're not Christ-like enough. Otherwise, we'd have already graduated. He'd have been like, yeah, come on. You're too good to be down there and that ain't happened to any one of us. He's calling us into this relationship with Him. This is why we need to unite as the body of Christ to stand against the enemies of the gospel. When we put our eyes on Jesus, it is here the Holy Spirit begins to lead us into all truth, John 16. It is here that our lives begin to change. And they continue on that road as long as we live and breathe on planet earth. We no longer live about self, no longer about what I think. It becomes all about what God says and what God teaches. This revelation of truth is the transforming power of the Holy Spirit that is at work within every single one of us that are believers who have received Christ as our Savior. Let's read that Scripture again that we started with in Philippians chapter 2. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Yes. <laughs> Let's stand together. Are you a born-again Christian? Yes. Those of you that are in Yuma, those of you at the Gospel Rescue Mission, I want you to understand, and everybody that's at home, there at the mission. I know that Pastor Rick's with you guys, and he's there to pray with you if you come to the altar in response to the message. You're not going to be detained beyond that. Nobody here is. Nobody in Yuma, unless Pastor Steve and Michaela lock the door. Uh, but man, we need to do business with God, right? That's why we're here. This is what God's called us to. If you are born again Christian, I'm asking you, according to the word of God as we read it today, are you living in the power of God or in the power of self? There's a big difference. The power of God is surrender. The power of self is a struggle. There's freedom in the surrender of self. Freedom. Incredible freedom. Incredible power. Because see, God then releases his power in us in the moment of surrender the power of god is able to work when self is fighting the power of god is withheld Hmm. have you been living the gospel uniting the body of christ are you living that way are you uniting the body of christ or are you dividing the body of christ over anything other than jesus man if you are you need to repent if it's anything other than Jesus. Where have your eyes been focused? See, it's time to refocus and unite for the gospel. Eyes on Jesus only. Y'all know this. If you have walked with God any, any time at all, when you get in that time of prayer, aloneness with God, and you know, you may have gone there because you're broken burden, whatever's going on. When you engage with God, all that stuff just seems so trivial. I'm talking about major things in life. It seems so trivial. It's like you get a real perspective of stuff. It's like, wow, that really doesn't even matter. God being with you. There's been a couple times in my life where I just said, God, you know, you can just take me now. I'd be happy to just go with you. Just get me out of here. I'm glad you didn't answer that. I mean, I felt that presence and I wanted to be with him, but God was like, "I, I need you to do something more and you need to grow. You know, you're not ready. Just those moments that He gives you, that glimpse. Man, it's so amazing. He's awesome. If you're online today, there's this number you can call for prayer. You can reach out to us. We love you. Father, we love you so much. God, thank you. Oh, Lord. God, we ask you to forgive us for any division that we may have caused in the body of Christ. Lord, forgive us for anything that we have misspoken in any arena that would get people to not see you in the light of the gospel of who you are and the good news. Forgive us, God. Lord, we want to lift you up. We want everyone to know this is all about Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And Lord, we want to be about your good news. Unite us, Lord, for your glory and purpose, we pray. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Lord. Amen. Those of you that are praying, you don't have to get up. You stay there as long as you need to. God bless you all. You're dismissed. Thank you so much for being with us.